Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare. A medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine, he is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right, folks, well, welcome to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. It's always a pleasure to be with you here today on our show. Why don't we get started here at the top of the noon hour with the Angelus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke and we humbly pray And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who, <clears throat> who prowl around the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, folks, today's show is entitled Good Versus Evil, right? But... But the key to the show is not just good versus evil. We have to look at something very important in this, and that is the question of faith. Because if we look around, you know, one of the reasons that uh, um, that I decided to do the show, it's actually called Faith in the Battle of Good versus Evil. There's been so much rise. I don't know if you've noticed. There's so, so, much, so much of a rise in interest in the supernatural, interest in the uh, occult, uh, a lot of times people say, oh, Satanism, but I would say the occult in general, which is witchcraft, any kind of uh, horoscopes, reading of tarot cards, things of that nature. I notice this because every time I go to any streaming service for movies or things of that nature, you see so many shows coming up on the supernatural as of late. Uh, the number one shows that are being streamed uh, in the country are supernatural shows. There's a great interest in all this, and it can make one feel like what in the world is going on. Even last year, there was an article stating um, that, you know, <clears throat> there's a rise in witchcraft. And this was on, on USA Today. I'm going to put the link to this article on the show. Um, but what I really wanted to focus on is why is this happening? Why is there such a rise in the supernatural? Whereas before, if you looked at the media or if you looked at different things that people were looking at, I'm not saying the occult did not exist. It's always been around from day one. But the interest in it is the big difference. A lot of people will shy away from it or say, oh, I don't want to look at that. And if you look at movies from before, there were movies that were very religiously based and they were getting Academy Awards, Oscar nominations. You look at the Ten Commandments, you look at Ben-Hur, you look at movies that had a religious bent to them. Um, and they were prime movies. They were, they were movies that people wanted to go see. And there was a 
great interest and they were considered excellent, excellent movies. Nowadays, aside from the latest rendition on The Passion of the Christ by Mel Gibson, I haven't seen any movies that would be uh, considered <clears throat> uh, extremely religious uh, or having an inspiration for us unless you go to very specific movie channels. There are streaming services of people who have more Christian based movies where they talk about, uh, you know, they, they mention Bible verses, they talk about Christ. But what I'm saying is in the mainstream media, I haven't seen anything up for an award, any kind of music, uh, you know, say the big awards here in, in the United States, the Grammys for music, the Oscars for movies. I haven't seen any movie that's been up for that that has any sort of theme that's biblically based, uh, that puts Christ in a good life, that helps inspire our faith, that makes us want to pray more. And I think that that's one of the biggest challenges that we're going to find. Um, and believe it or not, I believe that there's a great link between uh, our level of faith and our mental health and our physical health, really, our general well-being. Because if we're made body, mind, and spirit, and it's all working together, if there's no faith component, the other two components are not going to work very well. If you think about it, you know, you come to the clinic and I'm going to treat you. And you say, Doc, man, I've got this pain in my leg. I broke my leg. We were, we were playing sports. Something happened. I was biking down the mountain, fell down. My leg broke. Uh, I, I need some help. Well, I know that if somebody comes in with a broken leg, one, they're going to be in pain. I'm assuming we're going to go get some x-rays. We're going to see how bad it is. Do you need a cast or not? And um, they're not going to be feeling too good. If they're not feeling too good, if they're in the middle of pain and they broke their leg, that's not usually the time to start asking them important life questions because the mind is not going to be thinking clearly. And it's also probably not the, night, the right time to say, well, gee, don't you have faith that God's going to heal your pain? You can go home and don't worry, pray, you'll have faith and your leg will be healed. I have faith that God gave us medicine as well. We can heal that leg. Um, and of course, I'm not going to deny any miracles. You can go home and have your leg healed if your faith is that strong and that's wonderful. But you notice that if there's something going on physically, very acutely, very intensely, the other two parts are not going to be working quite as uh, sharply as they would, which is true for the mind. If all of a sudden you get really, really bad news, uh, somebody suffering from anxiety, somebody's going through a panic attack, that's not the time their bodies are going to feel good. In fact, sometimes if somebody's having a panic attack, remember this is happening in the mind, in the mind aspect of things, they're having a panic attack, they're going to feel like they're having a heart attack. The body might respond. It might start having uh, physiological changes. They'll start sweating. They'll start feeling their, their chest is, uh, uh, their pain in their chest. They'll start feeling numbness and tingling. And they think, I'm literally having a heart attack. They're going to go to the hospital, right? And this is because something started in the mind. And all of a sudden, in the soul, there's not going to be a whole lot of inspiration to pray at that time or anything. Oh, well, there might be inspiration to do a last minute prayer because you feel like you're dying and you're asking God to please take you to heaven. Um, but it's not going to be a moment where you're going to stop and philosophize and think about religion and think about what's important uh, in following our faith. It's going to be a very acute moment where there is a mental crisis that's affecting the other parts of our humanity, the, the, the body and the spirit. Well, we've got to look at it this way. You know, when I look at this rise in the supernatural, I compare it the same way. But instead of starting with a crisis of the mind, a crisis of the body, I got to start with a crisis of the soul component. Because all of a sudden we're having a crisis in the soul. There's a lack of faith. The soul's not in a good place. The soul needs to get to a spiritual ICU, if you will. They need to get to a spiritual doctor. If we're having a crisis of faith, what do we need to do? We either need to examine our conscience. We need to kind of 
recharge our brains, revitalize, get to confession, go to go to church, receive the Eucharist, something, because we start we need to have healing in our soul. But if I'm having a crisis of faith, if I'm no longer connected to God or no longer have faith in God, what's going to happen to the rest of my body? It's the same thing. We just don't think of it that way, um, usually, because we're not always focused on the soul. And I think we need to start really thinking about the soul as a very real entity. I think sometimes the soul seems like a very abstract thing, almost like the mind. We can say the mind is abstract. I can't touch the mind, but I know it's there and I can study it and I can write down about it. Well, I think we need to start thinking of the soul that way. I need to study the soul and realize that it is a real entity. If there's a crisis in the soul and if I'm lacking in faith, if you will, it's going to affect my mind. I'm not going to think about God or I'm going to put my mind on other things and it's going to affect my body as well. My body's not going to be as motivated to move in the direction towards heaven. I'm not going to maybe do, use my body to do positive things for other people. I'm going to be turned internally and everything I'm going to do with my body is to uh, make myself feel better or, or, or take care of my crisis. So why? what does all this bring us to? It brings us to, I think that there is a crisis of the soul right now. And this is really why we're seeing so much rise in the occult, an interest in the occult, and a fascination with different things of the occult uh, happening in our lives. So uh, as we get started and continue this talk, let's go ahead and say another prayer to St. Michael, um, just to make sure that he clears our minds, clears our soul, clears our, our bodies of anything negative, uh, so that we can see this in a positive right, light and really see the power of faith in all of this and how this could seem overwhelming, but the reality is if we work on our faith, if we pray for greater faith, because it is an infused virtue, we have to ask for it, we have to pray for it, then we're not going to even worry about this rise in things of the supernatural. We're not even going to want to see it. All we're going to want to focus on are things of Christ. But let's go ahead and say that prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl around the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. <clears throat> there was an interesting article. This is what I want to kind of start with a little bit. This was actually in USA Today, and it's from last year. You know, we're coming here, we're in the month of September, we're coming up in October, and always around this time of year in the fall, as Halloween comes closer, you start seeing all the articles on spooky things, and people want to talk about the supernatural in, in a very negative way. I want to get ahead of the game here, uh, since we are in the month <clears throat> of September, uh, before all this comes up again. And I really want to focus on why would this be on the rise? We want to get ready um, before next month to make sure that our faith is strong and not even worry about these things. But it was this is the article saying we're in the middle of a witch moment. Hip witchcraft is on the rise in the U.S. And this is from last year, October, um, which I thought was interesting because, of course, it's coming up around um, Halloween time. This is already a year ago. So, the, you know, this whole rise in the supernatural, it's not something new. It's not th something I'm noticing in the last two weeks. I'm noticing a lot more of the shows coming about and a lot more people, it, uh, shall I say, it continues to rise. I noticed that people have even greater interest, but this is from a year ago. This has been going on for the last few years. It's, it's not something new. This is what this article says. It says, on Halloween night, this lady uh, who proclaims to be a witch, she lights candles and incense in front of an altar and invite her departed loved ones to join her in a what they call a dumb supper, a feast eaten in silence out of reverence for the dead who can't speak. It's interesting because we're going to look at a lot of themes here when it comes to witchcraft and when it comes to the occult. 
And you got to remember all these things, they might seem strange to us, but it's really an inversion of what we do as Catholics. And really, it's really a change in our rituals of what we do in terms of how we approach our day and how we approach our, our faith through, through our different rituals uh, and our sacraments. But we're going to look at this and we're going to look at more of this when we come back on the break. All right, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You are listening to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show. As always, it is a pleasure to be here. Today, we are talking about our faith in the battle of good versus evil. And more specifically, we're focusing on what is this rise in the supernatural, this rise in witchcraft? I came upon these articles and fascinated by the fact that there's so many uh, more shows and so much more interest and just really the occult is no longer really a cult. You know, we used to call it a cult like it was hidden. And now it's really out in the open now. You know, the idea of the occult is you talk to anybody about it and they say, sure, yeah, of course I have my tarot cards read. Yeah, of course I, you know, have seances or things of that nature. <clears throat> it's no big secret. You know, some people now just, it's just done in the open. I don't think we can call it the occult anymore. But the real question is why? What's going on? Why is there so much interest in it? I was starting to read this article uh, where it talked about uh, this lady who is doing, um, you know, certain rituals. She has a... Um, Ritual called the Dumb Supper, it says, a feast eaten in silence out of reverence for the dead who can't speak. Interesting to have that because she's having this ritual where she eats quietly, but but the intention, what's so special about this? We got to look at this is where we got to start with our faith journey and when we pray for faith and we got to look at the power of intention and the will. While she's eating this, you could say, well, people eat quietly all the time. People eat quietly when they go to restaurants by themselves. But in her case, she's doing this with the intention out of the reverence for the dead who can't speak. The disposition of our hearts changes everything. This is where we look. got to look at uh, the supernatural from a place where we got to believe that that which is in our hearts can affect change. It can do things. It can it can cause things to change in the supernatural world. This is why it's so important. Have you noticed when you're sitting at mass, you know, and the priest says, what does he say? Right right before we're going to start the Eucharistic prayers, right as we're starting after the offertory, he says, lift up your hearts. Why does he say that? Because the intention of our hearts is very important. If my heart is lifted up towards heaven, things are going to happen. When we hear this from the occult, we believe it and we say, oh my goodness, why is she doing that? <gasps> she's doing that for a reason. Oh my goodness, she's not speaking and she's eating this way because she's having a dumb supper. She's going to uh, invite departed loved ones right now. That's what she's doing with her heart. That's all she's doing. No, she's just having a meal, but it's the intention of her heart that makes it different. How are we during Mass? You know, if we worry about things like this. We say, this could be a little bit of a version of what we do. What do we do during Mass? At that moment when the priest says, lift up your hearts, what happens? We're actually inviting heaven to come down, our departed loved ones. We don't do it in silence. We're praying. The priest is praying for us. But he's saying, lift up your hearts. We are, well, actually, the congregation is silent a lot of the time. You know, a lot of the priests are, or, or a lot of the prayers are uh only for the priest to pray, and we are quietly there and with the intention of our departed loved ones and all of heaven, all the angels in heaven, everybody's coming down to that altar in our church. Do we have that intention? Do we have that level of faith? Because obviously, um, the other side does. When you're doing something with the occult, you have a, a supper like this, eaten in silence out of reverence for the dead because they're asking them to come and join them. When we hear that, we believe something's going to happen. Do we believe something's going to happen at Mass? You know, Fulton Sheen used to say, whatever the Catholics uh, leave, whatever we lose faith in, 
the the secular world and the occult is going to pick up and that's what's happening here well this article goes on to say remember this article is from last year but it goes on to say a year-long hiatus because of covid19 uh this witch is reuniting with her coven or congregation of witches uh, and this is in new jersey to celebrate a uh um a feast they call sowin so it's an ancient celtic festival marked by the end of the harvest season and beginning winter uh, it's believed to have been the precursor to Halloween and literally means summers and in Gaelic. So Druid language, maybe um, it says, which is ringing the day long holiday at night on October 31st, of course, uh, with fire ceremonies, feasts and buildings and building an altar to honor the dead. Well, here's a question. So we're looking at this is what they're doing. They're having the ceremony and they're building an altar to honor the dead. Well, what do we do on Halloween? We actually, it's the, the feast before, the night before, it's All Hallows' Eve. It's the the night before All Saints' Day, and we also honor the dead two days in a row. The November 1st is All Saints' Day. November 2nd is All Souls' Day. And Halloween is actually supposed to be All Hallows' Eve, where we are preparing for that. But, of course, the secular world takes it and turns it into a spooky night instead of a night of reverence, that everything's being inverted, right? This is This is what we see with the occult. So this festival for these witches has become increasingly popular in recent years as more Americans embrace astrology, the supernatural, and pagan sects such as Wiccan. The rise has been fueled, so this is the question, why is this the case? Listen to this sentence. The rise has been fueled largely by young people who have abandoned organized religion in favor of their own spiritual path. Listen to that again. The rise of the occult, obviously, or of this witchcraft, has been fueled largely by young people who have abandoned organized religion in favor of their own spiritual path. Our youth is lost, if you will. They've abandoned religion. They follow their own spiritual path. Well, here's the real question then. Can we follow our own spiritual path? This is where the, the, the question of faith comes in. Do we really believe in our religion? Do we really ask for faith so that we can believe it? Because what's so important about that? Not only so that I can get to heaven, but let's not forget if we're, you know, what, regardless of what uh, state of life we're in, if we're married and we have children, we've been given the task of teaching our children the Catholic faith. If you're a priest or a nun, part of what you're doing is you're praying so that the faith continues and you have to teach fellow Catholics about the faith. We have to keep that going. To me, it sounds like when they say, hey, you know, young people have abandoned organized religion. And they're going to follow their own spiritual path. As Catholics, we don't. I don't follow my own spiritual path. I look for what path God wants for me. I'd look to God's will. I say, God, what is it that you want for me? And that's the path I want to follow. I pray for faith that I can follow your will, not mine. Following your own spiritual path is dangerous now because you're out there in the spiritual world, just kind of in a desert, walking around, looking for a path. Sometimes you hear uh, young people saying, oh, I'm looking for myself. I'm trying to find who I am, Right. The real question is, have we already have we lost our story? Have we abandoned our story? Whenever I see this, I think, who is teaching young people? Where are we in our faith? Are we reaching out to the young people and teaching them what the truth is, uh, regardless of how hard that might be to hear? Because a lot of times people will want to teach them, but they want to say, gosh, how can we bring young people back? How can we make our religion cool? How can we make Jesus cool? You know, things like that. And the reality is, that's not what we're about. We're not about making uh, Jesus cool. we got to present Jesus as he is. He's already cool. He's already there. 
The real question is, is, are we really teaching the faith with the idea of how powerful it is, what a beautiful faith it is, and letting people take that into their hearts so that they don't feel lost? So in those moments where maybe you might feel lost, you go back to that to those roots and realize, hmm, I feel a little bit off today, but I know that this is the truth. That's really what it comes down to. Well, let's see what this article continues to say. This year, in the shadow of the pandemic, this festival carries extra poignance more important now, this was last year, it was more important to them last year, with more socially distant observers and references to COVID-19, witches around the nation will honor those who died during the pandemic, and many will perform rites aimed at making the disease disappear. Sounds all good and well, let's see what else is going on here. We will call out the names of those who died this year and light a candle in their honor, said this, this witch said that, uh, adding that the event will be smaller than usual because of the pandemic. We will ask the deities to watch over those of us who are still here and keep us all safe. We will remember those who died and ask the deities to make their afterlife as enjoyable as can be. We find that comforting. Sounds pretty Catholic except for one major thing. She's saying we will ask the deities. So what are they doing here? They're gonna light a candle, don't we do that? Don't we go light candles as prayer? Don't we light candles for people who have passed? Is our faith in that? My question is who are they lighting these candles to? They light them in their honor. There's a burning there. There's a sacrifice, right? But they're going to ask the deities. Who are the deities? They're asking them to watch over those of us who are here and keep us safe. They're also asking these deities to make the afterlife as enjoyable as it can be. And they find that comforting. This is all happening on Halloween. Well, who are these deities? Who are they? Who are the deities? We believe in one God as Catholics. There's a big difference between saying, you know, we're asking God. Yeah, we're asking the saints to pray with us. We're asking Our Lady to pray with us to God. You know, a lot of people say, well, you pray to saints, you pray to Our Lady. Well, we don't, we, we, yeah, we ask them to pray with us to God. That's what we're doing, but there's one God. All those prayers from the saints, from Our Lady, from us, they all have to go to God. And we say, gosh, we pray to God, the Holy Trinity, we believe in, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, at the very specific aim of my heart. Remember, it's the condition of the heart. I tell you this because this is this is what really it comes down to. If I'm praying, is my heart in it? Am I asking for faith? And is the condition of my heart such that I am doing this with a specific intent that these prayers go to God? And that's where the level of faith comes in. I got to believe that the condition of my heart is going to send these prayers to God. Because I tell you, folks, this is what they're doing over here with the witchcraft. The occult, they're really conditioning their hearts to be out there in the universe to whatever deities. It's not very specific. Who knows what's going on in those in the desert of the supernatural where you can encounter any deity, good versus evil. Now, it says a few miles away, and uh, also in New Jersey, there's a different lady who will join other witches at a small, socially distant bonfire where they will recite prayers and spells to honor the dead. Prayers and spells, interesting. As it is our new year, we will incorporate our intentions for healing the world, our communities, and our country. Um, this, said, this is the, what this witch said. Um, and she says that she's the owner of a shop that specializes in tarot readings, energy healing, and ingredients for spells. Interesting. What's going on there? Tarot readings, energy healing, and ingredients for spells? It sounds a lot like the opposite of what we do as Catholics. Well, how can that be, Dr. Sandoval? Well, let's look at what they're doing. Let's work backwards here. Ingredients for spells. We don't have spells, but we use sacramentals to help us pray. Energy healing. 
Well, they're saying they're getting this energy from the universe. We go to confession because we know that there's going to be spiritual healing directly from Jesus Christ. That's what we believe through the power of the priest that, that the priest has been given. But it's coming strictly from Jesus Christ. The ingredients for spells, well, you know, we put things together, but it's all very Catholic, very specific. Let me tell you why I'm using this. Let me tell you, we, and we don't do spells. We do prayers. Spells are a very different world. And tarot readings, well, what's that? You know, we don't specifically do tarot readings. The opposite for us would be, I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to see how, how things are going on. Tarot readings are about somebody else is going to tell you what's going on in your life. Well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to examine my conscience and I'm going to do a little bit of a reading of my soul and see where I'm at and see if I can get to where I need to be. Or even better, instead of tarot readings, I'm going to go to a priest for spiritual direction and say, Father, this is where I'm at in my life. This is what's going on. Can you, who are prayerful and directly uh, related to our Lord Jesus Christ there, you carry his priesthood. Can you help me out to make sure that I'm moving in the right direction? And that's really what we do as Catholics. Remember, everything's going to be the opposite, the inversion. So here's the, the interesting part. No longer considered wicked, witches are hip. Let me read that again. This is where the rise, this is where we are, folks. No longer considered wicked, witches are hip. The definition of wicked has switched around. Why is that? Let's see what this continues to say. Wicca is among the largest pagan groups and its followers often practice witchcraft. The modern Wicca movement was established in the 1950s as a religion emphasizing magic, nature, and environmental responsibility. Witches have historically gotten a bad rap as sinister outliers associated with flying brooms, pointy hats, and evil spells. For centuries, innocent women were punished or put to death because they are accused of practicing witchcraft. In more recent times, those who have publicly identified as being witches said they faced discrimination and harassment. But now, on the heels of the widely successful Harry Potter series, the Twilight films, and with an array of witches showing up on social media, witchcraft isn't considered spooky anymore. It's gone mainstream. Well, that's pretty interesting, is it not? Um, one of the things is this. Notice that I'm not critiquing the person who's doing this. All right, folks, welcome back to Virgin Mouse Powerful Radio. You are listening to the Dr. Lee Sandoval Show. Sorry, lost track a little bit there before the break. Didn't look at the clock. But right before the break, we were talking about what is going on with witchcraft. It's becoming hip, according to this article becoming cool witches have gone mainstream um they're saying that you know in recent years things are much more accepted and why was that let's read that last paragraph again it says but now on the heels of the wildly successful harry potter series and the twilight films and with an array of witches showing up on social media witchcraft isn't considered spooky more anymore it's gone mainstream what you got to look at is this i know that a lot of people say oh you're critiquing me you're doing this no, I'm not critiquing anybody. I'm sure these are good people. The question is, what is it that we're doing with ourselves? Are we are we moving towards a direction where what we do is going to bring good in the world? Or is we moving towards a direction where we're going to bring evil into the world? The real question there is, do we know what we're doing when we're contacting the supernatural? When we're contacting our Lord, for us as Catholics, we're going to contact our Lord. We're going to say, hey, my heart is lifted to God. And I'm going to bring in what I consider to be positive and good. A lot of people have really good meaning hearts and they say, hey, I'm doing this. And if you remember, <clears throat> they're saying, hey, it's our new year and we incorporate 
our intentions for healing for the world, our communities and our country. Well, that sounds great. But remember, these prayers, these intentions, they go out there into space and they just say, hey, this is for the deities. Who are the deities? I don't know. If we as Catholics have faith in the one true God, we know that all of our energy has to move in that direction. Otherwise, we believe that we're going to encounter some very negative occult uh, dark creatures who do not have our best interests in heart, who do not want our healing, who do not want our well-being the way God does. Well, listen to this. The numbers of Americans who identify with Wicca or paganism has risen from 134,000 in 2001. Okay, so 2001, 134,000 Americans identified as being Wiccan or with paganism. So the occult, right? To nearly, how many do you think today, according to the article? Remember, back then, 2001, 134,000, nearly 2 million today identify. Now, that's not to say that back then the 2 million didn't identify. Now it's just people are willing to say that they do, right? It could have been that many or it could have been a rise. Either way, that's a huge jump. 134,000 people saying, yeah, it might be Wicca, it might be pagan, to nowadays it's 2 million, right? According to, uh, this is according to Helen Berger, a resident scholar at Brandeis University Women's Studies Research Center, who has conducted extensive research and authored four books about witches and pagans. The witch community in America has been growing steadily since the 1960s, she said, and much of the recent growth is coming from young women. Remember I said, who is teaching our youth? Who is instilling the faith in the hearts of our youth? And we got to ask ourselves, are we doing that? Where's my responsibility in doing that? Am I living my life in a way where I can instill faith and have our youth see that? No, this is what's important. It's important to follow Christ. Well, the article goes on to say this. There's an editor of The Wild Hunt, Manny uh, Tejeda Moreno. News, and this is a news agency focused on the pagan and witch community. said that subscriptions have climbed in the last five years, subscriptions to this news agency has climbed to 80,000 people, which represents a 25% increase. And that's just in five years. So we're, while there are few data-driven statistics documenting the growth of the witch population in America, the rise of witchcraft on social media suggests an observable difference in the number of people practicing witchcraft and the number of people willing to discuss that practice openly. Just like I was saying, you know, nowadays it's not so much of are there more witches or not? There, Of course, there will be. Why? Because more people are willing to discuss it openly. And the question is, what do we have faith in? It can look very attractive to be able to say, hey, I on my own can have this power. A lot of times we believe, oh, I have this power. The question is this, though. Where does our power come from? As Catholics, we know that I have no power. Everything and anything I do is from the power of God. I don't have the power to change the world unless it's what God allows to happen. But I have to put myself in a condition, in a position where I allow myself, my heart to be used by God so that everything I do goes back to him. That's really what it comes down to. So this is what's important to ask ourselves. You know, these numbers are rising. Um, why is that? Well, it says this. The rise of witchcraft on social media suggests, and we were just read this, subjects of observable difference in the number of people practicing witchcraft and the number of people willing to discuss that practice openly. And it says witchcraft and witches have become more commonplace. From Salem to Sabrina, witches have long captured the human imagination. Today's versions include influencer witches on social media and comic superheroes called Wiccan. TikTokers who share their 
witchcraft tutorials and other magical content under the hashtag, it's called Witch Talk, have amassed more than 20 billion views. There are now podcasts, museum exhibits, and an array of books and classes focused on witchcraft. This is important to consider because, you know, how many times do we sit there and, and have a tutorial on, look, this is how we pray. And if you do this, good things are going to happen to you. And it's going to come from God. This is how we increase our faith. Do we have tutorials on that? Do we have a how-to manual on how to, not just how to be Catholic, but how to use our Catholic tools? I don't know that we have that. And if we had that, would it garner 20 billion views? I don't know. I don't know. But the question is, are we teaching our youth? Are we there to say, hey, this is how we do it? I think we should probably have a show on that. We should probably have a show on how we're going to improve our mental health and our physical health by using our faith and our prayer and how to do that, how that's going to look. But it's important to consider. This article goes on to say major retailers, including, and you probably heard some of these stores, Sephora, a very common store in the, in the malls if you go there, Urban Outfitters, another common store, are responding to the surging witch population by hawking healing crystals, spell books, and other tools of the witch trade. Witch-themed shops are cropping up around the country, and a search for witch merchandise on Amazon and Etsy yields thousands of entries. So if anybody who might not know, Etsy is one of these places where you can uh, shop for things. People will make things and sell them to you. Amazon, I think everybody knows what Amazon is. But, folks, this is true. I mean, it's just much more out in the open. That's why I say we can no longer call it the occult. Now it's just more, it's a question of witchcraft or which, which of the occult, former occult practices you prefer. But... I'll tell you, I was at a, at a regular store. I was at Target the other day, and I, just in their book section, there's tons of books on witchcraft. There's books on how to do spells, how to do the occult. This is a rising. And why is this important? Because, again, what do we believe as Catholics? What do we know to be true as Catholics? With this rise in witchcraft, is it a big deal or not a big deal? Well, as we diminish faith, the occult rises. We ask ourselves, why is there bad in the world, evil in the world, good in the world? Because we have a choice. And God has given us a choice to say, do I choose what's good or do I choose what's evil? The real question in today's society is, can we identify it? How have we defined it? Have we redefined that which is evil? I always tell people, they used to say, the devil's biggest trick was getting you to believe that he doesn't exist. I don't believe that's his biggest trick anymore. I believe that his biggest trick is letting you know he exists, but trying to convince you that he's not the bad guy. That's really what I think his biggest trick is. Well, let's see what this article goes on to say. Remember, this is from a year ago, so a lot has progressed in the last year. It says, right now we're in the middle of a witch movement, says Jason Mankley, a Silicon Valley witch who has authored seven books about witchcraft. Witchcraft is popular now, and the number of witches in America is growing fast. A decade or so ago, nobody would have posted their spells online. Now it's become popular to see what people are doing magically on Instagram. A lot of witches today get information from social media, um, said Mankley, making witchcraft more accessible to the broader swath of society. You know, this is where it's going to be very popular. Um, it said, this article said, it's among the young ladies. I'm sure that when they're in high school and things like that, I remember there was a very popular show when I was growing up. It was called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And granted, she was not a witch, but she had a friend who was. And the occult was very open. It was very cool in that show. And this is really where, if we're in that desert of faith, when we're looking for something to make us feel better, when we're looking for something to make us feel whole, or we feel a little bit lost spiritually, remember I told you the soul has to become back as a very real entity. We have to think of it as a very real entity, not something that's just you know out there in space and doesn't kind of really exist. 
But when our soul feels kind of lost, we're going to look for something to fulfill that, to fill that space. And the first thing we're going to do is we're going to look for anything that makes it feel good right away because we're in a society where we want an immediate fix. We want something to make us feel good right now, right away. Witchcraft is going to promise that and you're going to see immediate results from doing spells and things of that nature. The question is, what are the consequences? Are we teaching our youth about the consequences versus in our Catholic faith? Are we taking the time to say, look, this is the power of the mass. This is the power of the sacrifice of Christ. This is what he did up there. We got some ingredients. We've got bread, we've got wine, and the priest literally changes those into the body and blood of Christ. Nowhere else does that happen. When you're doing witchcraft, you're not doing anything literally. You might be opening doors. Entities might show up and they might cause something to catch fire or something along those lines, but there is no change in the essence of whatever you are holding or whatever is in front of you. But when it comes to the Catholic faith, there is a literal change in things. And we have to look for that. We have to have the faith to look for that. The Eucharist, there's a literal change there from bread and wine to body and blood. When we go to confession, there's a literal change in our soul. What was there before is no longer there. It disappears. It no longer exists. Our sins are made no longer. The only person who has that power is God. That's the only person. Only God has the power to create out of nothing and to make things not exist. That's how it goes. But we, we have to help him out. <clears throat> the same way with witchcraft. Think about it. Witchcraft, the occult, the deities wouldn't come if the doors weren't open. Right? If, if all of a sudden we're, we're opening the doors for these things to happen, for you know whatever changes we see to happen but and the same thing happens in the catholic world we got to open the door to heaven and the question is are we changing our hearts in a way that we're opening the door so we allow god to work through us and in us this is what we need to teach our youth you need to decide which door you want to open because literally we have that choice but you got to understand the consequences of the choice from the perspective of truth because on both sides they will tell you no this is the better way to go now we have to see the level of faith. We got to pray for faith so that we can decipher the truth from the lies. Now, let's look at this. The article goes on to say, which experts attribute the resurgence to a variety of factors? For the starters, there are few regulations. In fact, Wicca has no universal accepted Bible or regiment mode of practice. And the only tenant that has been broadly adopted by Wiccans is harm none as and do as you will. Well, that's an interesting tenant. We're going to have to look at that when we come back from the break. But this is something very important. There's no rules or regulations. And what do we know as Catholics? What do we know when we teach our children? Children thrive on rules and regulations. More when we come back from the break. All right, folks. Welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You are listening to the Dr. Lou Sandoval Show. Today, we are talking about the rise in the occult, the rise in uh, the fascination with witchcraft and things of the occult in this country in the last few years. This is a very interesting article. This article is from a year ago, and I thought it was interesting because we're coming up on Halloween in about a month or so. We're going to start seeing a rise in the stores and decorations and people wanting to celebrate Halloween instead of technically All Hallows' Eve, where we prepare for All Saints' Day on November 1st. But the reality is this is the way society is going and we got to ask ourselves why at the end of the day it's a question of faith it's a question of what are we putting our faith in but more importantly what are we teaching our youth to put our faith in or their faith in because it takes time and energy to do that you know it does it, to sit down and tell the family hey we're going to sit down and we're going to pray a rosary 
We're going to hear the moans and the groans, and we got to be able to say, you know what? You might not like it, but we're going to do it. And this is why. Why? Because I'm going to teach you how to pray. I'm going to teach you what's important in the life of Christ. I'm going to teach you to think about Christ as you pray. This is what we're going to turn our hearts to God so that we only open doors to heaven. But when we feel like things aren't going well for us, I don't want you to turn to what's quick and easy, to what seems like a simple solution, because there are no simple solutions. I want you to really think about what's important in your life and what really matters. And what really matters is our getting to heaven, getting to heaven through the door, which is our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, when we don't have that, when people feel disenfranchised, when people feel out of sorts, they're going to turn to whatever is quickly going to make the heart feel good. And so this is where the rise in, in religion or in the occult religions come from, because it offers a quick solution. Let's go on and keep reading this article. This is, this is important. Again, it was saying, <clears throat> why is it that, that this is rising? Why is it that witchcraft and the occult is rising? It says, which experts attribute to the resurgence to a variety of factors. And we read this right before the break. For starters, there are few regulations. In fact, Wicca has no universally accepted Bible or regimented mode of practice. And the only tenet that's been broadly adopted by Wiccans is harm none and do as you will. Well, what's your definition of harm? How do you know what you're doing? How do you know whatever it is, whatever spell that you're doing or whatever ritual you feel you're doing, how do you know what the consequences are? I can tell you, I know the consequences of me going to confession. If I do a good confession, it's gonna not only gonna bring me good, it's gonna bring good to the body of Christ, to the communion of saints. If I go and receive my Holy Communion, if I go receive the Eucharist in a state of grace, I can offer that to heal the communion of saints. I don't know what these prayers or these spells or whatever given out to the deities, wherever these deities are, I don't know what that's going to do to our to humanity. The article goes on to say, if someone self-identifies as a witch, then they are one. It's not as well-defined as other religions. It says that uh, witches come from all backgrounds and can identify as male, female, or non-binary. So this is what's important. Someone sells, all you have to do to be a witch is say, you know what? I've decided I'm a witch. And that's all it takes. And that's all it takes. There's no, there, how do you know you're a witch? Oh, because I decided. It was just my choice. Well, it doesn't work that way, folks. We got we to gotta look at who are we as Catholics? How do we know we became Catholics? Well, you got to go through the rituals. You got to go, baptism means something right? You got to be baptized. You have to receive your first communion and you have to be confirmed in the faith. There is something that tells us there has been a change in the heart, a maturing in the heart. There's been a baptismal seal. There's been an acceptance of the faith. That's why I receive Holy Communion. And I'm confirmed in the faith. I want to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I accept the faith of being Catholic. Once I do those three things, there's something very real happening in the spiritual world that has made me, and I get to inherit heaven. It has made me part of that inheritance of Jesus Christ, of the sacrifice of Christ. It's very well defined. This is why I do this. It sounds like if I go into the occult, I can just choose haphazardly, hey, I'm going to do this. But there's really no sense of, well, what did you do to do that? You just decided on your own. Hmm, who's guiding you? How do you know that this is right? How do you know that it's wrong? Who's defined the right or wrong in your actions? It's a question to ask. People don't like to hear that because we like this idea of freedom and I can do what I want. <clears throat> but again, those are the words that are going to be over the gates of hell. Do what thou wilt, right, is what we believe. So this is, go, article goes on to say, Berger agreed that a big draw for young people who have felt disenfranchised from organized religion <clears throat> is that they can find healing and camaraderie in the witch community where everyone can do their own thing and it's accepted. It says, 
Turbulent economic and political climates often provide a fertile, fertile breeding ground for alternative spiritual movements. The pandemic amplified that trend and many people searching for meaning and order amid the frightening plague founded in witchcraft. Well, you know, this is true. Once, once there's a crisis, people are going to turn to something to find that spiritual healing and to find peace, right? You're, you're going to search for meaning and order. Notice, notice that this is kind of contradicts itself as the occult will. The pandemic amplified that trend and many people searching for meaning and order amid uh, the frightening plague found it in witchcraft. Well, this is a contradiction. Remember right before we said there is no meaning and order to it. All you do is say that you're a witch and you do your own thing. But I think the biggest thing is they felt they belong to a community. Unfortunately, during our pandemic, all the churches were closing down. We weren't allowed to receive the Eucharist. Our meaning and order went away. So young people who are in the process of, we're trying to tell them, hey, this is what's important. Nothing else matters. I don't know about that because they're going to say the church is closed. Couldn't find the Eucharist. Must not have been that important. But witchcraft was there and that gave me a sense of meaning. Right. So this is where the, you know, we got to be careful as Catholics. How much do we believe in the Eucharist? If you're going to close down the church on me, you know, this is a, you know, a little message here to our priests and bishops. What are you telling us about our faith? Remind us that our faith is strong. Remind us that the Eucharist is more important, even in the midst of a pandemic. You know, these are important things to, to consider. This says, as a growing share of Americans, over a quarter of adults call themselves spiritual but not religious. This is that loss of faith that we've had. Most people now are spiritual and not religious. Oh, I'm spiritual. Well, we're all spiritual. We have a soul. There's no question about that. The question is, what are you doing with it? Are you choosing to organize your faith and find a, a, the truth? Or are you just kind of feeling, well, whatever makes my soul feel good? You know, the occult can make your soul feel good. It's true. The feeling might not lead us to the truth, though. And that's the scary part. Um, you know, and so people are spiritual, not religious. It also says that about 62% of Americans say that they hold new age beliefs, including a belief in astrology, psychics, and the presence of spiritual energy in inanimate objects. So spiritual energy, where's that coming from? Where's this energy coming from? <clears throat> if you study physics, there's very well-defined energies. There's heat energy. There's, you know, uh, hydraulic energy. There's electrical energy. There's different energies that are happening. This is spiritual energy from where? Where does that spiritual energy come from? I believe that my spiritual energy comes from Jesus Christ because that's what I'm turning my heart to. What other spiritual energies are out there? I don't know, but those are the questions that need to be asked. It says, in contrast to traditional religions that prohibit homosexuality and restrict leadership, restrict leadership positions to straight men, witchcraft allows those who felt marginalized by organized religion to find acceptance and community, experts say. So, the traditional religions that prohibit homosexuality and restrict leadership positions to straight men, that's pretty much the Catholic Church. That's Those are those are the rules of the Catholic Church, right? But what it's saying witchcraft is completely the opposite. What are we teaching our youth? Are we letting them know, hey, you're going to see, you know, this is, you're going to see the opposite, what might appear to be opposite ideas between different religions, but this is why we do this. If we're going to follow Jesus Christ, this is what we believe is the right way to follow it. This is the example that he gave us um, we have to make that decision. Do we treat, teach our youth that? While many witches say that they use to avoid publicity for fear of discrimination or harassment, many say they've grown more comfortable about coming out of the broom closet to publicly reveal their beliefs. That, in turn, has drawn newcomers to the fold. This is true. As more, more people become comfortable to witchcraft, more people are going to, other people are going to say, hey, I can join that movement. Why not? 
But the sudden popularity says has a downside, according to the article, who discovered witchcraft at age nine by reading witchcraft books and practiced it in secret for years. It says while she's gratified that being a witch no longer carries the stigma it once did, Wilbur worries that witchcraft has become too faddish. Well, let's see what that means. Instagram, it's one of these social accounts, tends to make it look trendy and easy, but you do have to read and put work into it. You have to become knowledgeable. You can't just do a spell because you saw it on TikTok. Hmm, I wonder why not. I mean, that's according to them. That's what that's all you have to do. You all you have to do is say you're a witch and just start doing it. But that's an interesting point that this person makes because it's just like our Catholic faith. We say it's not easy. We got to teach our youth, hey, this isn't easy. Prayer is not easy. It's not easy to stop everything and put my mind towards God and faith towards God because the world's going to give me many distractions, right? But do we tell our youth that? Do we let them know, you know, this might not be easy. This might not be the easiest thing in the world. This is going to take work. And in fact, do we lead by example of that? Do I say, I told you it wasn't easy and look at what I'm going to do. I'm going to put everything down and I'm going to stop and pray. And this isn't easy for me right now. It's like working out. You know, who likes to go to the gym? But we do it. We want to go work out. We want to keep our bodies healthy. So this is important. It's it's interesting that a witch says that. And she says, hey, you got to put some work into this for it, for it to work. Well, again, it's just the opposite. The polar opposite is the Catholic faith, but the same idea. This is where we say it's the same act of intention. The question is, what are you putting your intention towards? What are you putting your heart towards? Are you putting it towards Jesus Christ, towards an organized way of praising our God? Or are you saying, you know what, I'm just going to go out there in the spiritual universe and see where my heart leads me? That's kind of the question of the day. The article goes on to say, powerful and personal. So this, the witch who the article started talking about uh, was raised Presbyterian and always believed in spirituality, but didn't like the way Christianity portrayed humans as separate from the rest of nature. She was also disillusioned, she said, by the insistence of mainstream religions that theirs is the only way to access the divine. If you don't do it right, you won't be saved or you will burn in hell. After experimenting with a variety of religions, she was drawn to Wicca, and 22 years ago, she became a witch. This is an exceptional religion where you, where you connect directly with the deities without the help of an intermediary. That makes it very powerful and very personal. Well, now that's interesting because this is what this is what I'm talking about here. Where who are you connecting with? Who are the deities? I don't know the name of the deities. It is important to know them by name because I want to know what I'm putting my faith in. What am I praying to? Who am I praying to? What, what's their position? What have they proven that they do or don't do? Who are the deities? I don't know what they're going to do. If I just say the deities, are they going to help me? Are they going to hurt me? I don't know. But when I do follow Christianity, when I follow my Catholic faith, I know that God has revealed himself to us. God has revealed himself to us as who is God. I know that he is loving and I know that He's that he is all love. I know that he sent his son down to die for my salvation. I know that. I know that that's all goodness. Who's going to sacrifice for my well-being? Do these deities sacrifice for my well-being? Who are they? I don't know. But you know what we got to do, folks? We got to make sure that we pray so that we know the truth. We got to put prayer before everything else and pray for faith. Faith so that we know these truths, so that I know that, hey, the only thing I need is my Lord Jesus Christ, because that's where all goodness is going to come from. And he is the one who teaches us about God, about the Father. He loved us so much that he came down and took on that human form. This is what it comes down to. I got to pray for the faith. And more importantly, I got to hand that faith down to our youth. Because if they don't have that sense of faith, and if they don't understand how powerful it is, then <clears throat> to be Catholic, 
and that the power is subtle, you might not see it every day, then where is the goodness going to come from into this world? Is it going to come from the occult, from the dark side? I doubt it. we got to open the right doors. And if we're going to look at the battle between good and evil, we have to pray for faith so that we can see the truth and that we can see the goodness and the beauty that comes from following Jesus Christ.